0: Welcome to Negotiate Your Career Growth. I'm Jamie Lee, and I teach you how to blend the best of negotiation strategies with feminist coaching so you get promoted and better paid without burning bridges or burning out in the process. Let's get started. We have with us a dynamo. We have Carla Variale Barker, Carla is a partner at law firm Siegel McCambridge. She's also a great personal friend of mine. And as an attorney, Carla represents a portfolio of clients in the sports, recreation, amusement, and hospitality industries with a client centered practice focusing on tort, discrimination, contract, insurance, and premises liability matters including the defense of claims arising from alcohol service, security lapses, discrimination in places of public accommodation, sexual abuse, and molestation. Carla's an awesome lawyer, basically. <laughs> She's the lawyer you want to have on your side if something goes wrong at a sports arena. Is that right? Yes, yeah,
1: so a sports arena, among other places. But I I heard that list, and it made me think, No wonder I'm tired.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Carla was one of the people who inspired me into pursuing the work that I do now. And 13 years ago, Carla was part of a panel discussion that I organized, even before I had the dream of becoming an executive coach for women. I thought, you know, women, we, we need to talk about salary negotiation. We need to talk about how to advocate for ourselves. And let's go get some of the smartest, most badass women I know. Let's put them on a panel. Let's hear their stories. And Carla told a story that was explosive. Carla, do you want to tell us about it?
1: Yes, it was something that happened to me when I was an up-and-coming lawyer. I had um, the opportunity to talk to uh, our compensation committee at uh, a firm that I was with, and I had learned that there was um, another lawyer who was a man who was at the same level as I was our performance metrics were a bit different i had an independent book of business um i thought at least that i checked all of the boxes and i learned that he was given considerably more money than i was and when i confronted the people from the compensation committee about the justification for that given the metrics now i want you to keep in mind this is going back it's got to be almost 20 years. Hmm. Um, I was told that he had a wife and a mortgage, and that I did not, and that he needed the money more than I did. And even just telling that story makes my blood pressure spike because it was so fundamentally inequitable. And Troubling because it didn't recognize what I brought to the table. And I think that the people from my firm were quite surprised by my reaction to it. And they told me, and I think I I use this as a quote with you they said, Well, there's no reason for you to be angry. And I said, I am not angry. What you see is righteous indignation. And I think the emphasis was on the word righteous. Um, and that story is, for me, really the turning point in how I approach compensation and negotiation on my own behalf, because you must advocate on your own behalf, because chances are there are things and attributes that you bring to the table that are overlooked, perhaps because of unconscious or conscious biases, but you must be your own best advocate because, and Jamie, I think this is something that you taught me, when you lose money over time, the compounding effect of that, let's forget about the emotional or psychological, is devastating. And I think that point needs to be underscored. Aside from from your emotional and holistic well-being, over time, that shortchanging has a profound effect on your life. Yeah totally and i i think that's that i have a couple of explosive stories but i think that is the one where you and i really connected about these issues
0: yes yes because you had your own book of business you were yes. knocking it out of the park bringing your own book of business is that you went out there and you closed those deals right not only are you litigating and winning trials you're going and getting clients you're bringing money into the firm and you know it sort of boggles my mind right this was 20 years ago so uh, norms and 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 gender and cultural yes. expect- expectations have all shifted but 20 years ago the early 2000s right being told that oh yeah you're just going to get paid less because you're not a man right this <laughs> Explicit <laughs> gender discrimination yes. from one yes. of the most brightest minds, right? Lawyers who know the law.
1: Right, right. We but that math. was a bias. He needed the money. I did not. And that seemed like a rationalization to them. That made sense. I agree with you. And let's also note this was before there are now pay equity and pay transparency laws that are on the books that did not exist then, but are very helpful in achieving equal standing and pay equity.
0: What I love about this story is that so often when we allow those little dings, you know, those million paper cuts is how one of my mentors described it, right? Getting paid less or being uh, promoted less or being overlooked for speaking or hot job opportunities and that it eats into your confidence. And then when it's yeah. eaten to your confidence, and then you start second guessing. Do I even have a stand to make? Can I even speak up for myself? Because what if people get upset that I got upset, that I got righteously, you know, uh, that I had the righteous indignation? And so, what I love about your story is that you stood your ground as as a great trial lawyer would. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I wanted. When I was
1: thinking about our conversation today, there was something else that I wanted to bring up, especially the 20, the me of 20 years ago Mm. was a super people pleaser. Mm. I thrived on praise. It was so important to me to be liked. And I realized that you can do both. You can both Be liked and admired by people and advocate for yourself. And this is such an important concept for for women, for other people who may be marginalized in the workplace, who are afraid of feeling invisible. You can do both things. You can both advocate for yourself yourself. And still be liked, respected, and thought highly of by your peers. That desire to be liked and to people, please, prevented me from advocating for myself until this very raw, very blatantly wrong situation.
0: Yeah. I recall 13 years ago when you sh- first when I first heard the story you said you went thermonuclear. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think
1: until very recently I still turned red when I told the story. <laughs> mm.
0: So I want to hear more about that and I I want to acknowledge yes, I, I I really appreciate what you said because you can still be light or I think of it this way, you can choose respect over prioritizing other people's emotional comfort. And yes. I think that's what I'm hearing. What I'm hearing is that because you stood your ground even as you were going th- thermonuclear, because yeah. you stood your ground and you stood up for yourself and you showed those, you know, the the uh the compensation committee that I believe in my value. This is yes. a very logical conversation that we should be having about the value I'm bringing to the firm. And so tell us more about how, you know, you advocated for yourself uh, with self-respect. And what was the outcome of that conversation? So I can't tell you that for that particular
1: situation, I was calm rational and collected, it was just so raw and so wrong to me that I know I reacted. I I shocked them because Mm -hmm. the people pleaser was angry and I raised my voice and I am sure I was pointing my finger at people. When we met afterwards, um, you know, after a day or two and the dust settled. And I had a wonderful mentor at the time. And he told me, show them that you have the numbers. This is not an emotional, irrational issue. You have the numbers to show. Hear their feedback. Aside from the question of uh, the your colleague needed the money because he had a wife and a mortgage, get some feedback about your own performance and how to right the ship. And you can do that. But at the same time, you have data and information that needs to be highlighted. And he worked with me to go through that. And there was a rational business explanation to correct the mistake that they did. And I'm not going to tell you it happened immediately, but it, it happened.
0: It happened happened. eventually that the ship got righted or it It, was. Yeah.
1: And I got what I had been asking for. It didn't happen in a meeting. It happened in a few meetings. It didn't happen in a day. It might've been a matter of weeks or, or possibly even spanned out to months, but it is a long game. And I am very grateful that I had somebody to guide me because the emotional me would have continued on a tirade I would have been very negative um I wouldn't have made that lesson that bad situation turned out to be a very valuable lesson to me that I use to this day to this day
0: and here are the things that I'm taking away from this which is that it's okay to be angry. I have yeah. coached you know, myself and several women clients who almost feel like, oh, if I'm angry, oh, no, this is not good. This is dangerous. Or yes. people will be turned off. I'm not supposed to express anger. But, you know, we. it's okay to be angry. And what you did with the help of your mentor is that you channeled that anger into action. Yes. into, you know, let's refocus this conversation into a business conversation about yes. revenue, about numbers. And another thing that I'm taking away is that, you know, something I tell my clients again and again, negotiation is never just a one-off conversation. It's a series of conversations. It's a process. And so you engage, you you stuck it out and you engage in that process. And in the end, you got what you wanted. So that is a win. Yes. That is absolutely right. Now, I will tell you for me,
1: I believe that when I get in a situation like that, like the 20 year older me, I would have kept my voice and demeanor much more steady. I would have worked my emotion out outside of that room. Mm-hmm because I think it would have undermined what I've what I did. And you are so right. It is there. There is value. And you are validated in feeling upset and angry. You don't need to stuff it. But it is better to channel it. That's right.
0: That's right. Because what you just described, it's still happening in yeah, this day right. and age. And so we, we want to help as many women as possible know, OK, if this happens to you, here is what you can do. Here is how Carla, you know, achieved the win, even through feeling that thermonuclear anger channeling into positive action, you know, refocusing the conversation to here are the numbers. And so when you are delivering value, you can more confidently advocate for that value, even if you're feeling upset about the injustice. So um, tell us us a little bit more. Um, Now that 20 years have passed and you are the future you, (laughs) you know, (laughs) there was that past you who who got super angry, but now you're the future you. And what advice do you have for women attorneys or women legal professionals who want to advance their Careers who want to become partners like you, or who want to overcome those injustices uh, they they see, they they experience.
1: So, a few things. As I mentioned, there are, of course, now pay transparency requirements in certain states, including New York. So that's helpful. Um. Be- know your data, know your metrics. I was very, very good with my metrics because I used to look at the monthly reports and feel a sense of pride and satisfaction. I could see every month what I was delivering. So know your metrics, know your intangibles too. What other value add do you bring to the organization? Are you somebody who speaks? Are you, um, Are you sitting on bar associations? Are you active in your community? What value add? Because that's also increasingly important to clients and therefore increasingly important to firms. I think those are great suggestions. I get asked and I am part of a committee at my firm that is my current firm, of course, not <laughs> not the former firm, um, that I was uh, that was the thermonuclear firm. <laughs> but I get asked this question a lot, and we deal with it in this program that I am the co-chair of called Forward Together, where we're trying to attract, retain, and let's put a footnote on retention because that's a Big issue for women um, and other underrepresented populations in law firms and promotion of lawyers um, at my firm. And I think some of the key information that I give to my mentees is don't expect uh, full results putting in half measures. Like, don't expect the maximum if you put in the minimum. Law firms are a business like any other business. They look at your metrics. There are certain requirements in terms of billing or uh, client development, and you should, you should meet the expectations as, uh, as a minimum. And then I am a big believer in build your brand. Market yourself because in marketing yourself, you are also growing the business and the profile of the firm um, and be a good citizen of the firm. Reach, reach out to other people who are coming up the pipeline and be a good mentor, be a good teacher. And and that to me is very important, your citizenship, your production, your productivity, And I love to tell my up and coming lawyers show me that you can manage yourself. Then I will give you other people on my team to manage. And that is a huge benefit to me. I need to train the next generation.
0: Show me the skills you have that you can do that. Excellent. Excellent. You know, this coincides with what I share in this podcast and in my coaching practice, which is that when you advocate, when you articulate your vision, when you market yourself, and when you add value and clearly communicate the impact of that, it's an act of service.
1: Yeah. you're. Oh, I like
0: that. Yeah, your managers will like. You. They will commend you. They will say thank yeah. you for letting me know because this helps me do my job better. This helps me plan my succession, um, the 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 planning, the strategy, and this helps me understand what's happening at the ground level or at your level. Like this helps inform my decision making. Thank you for being communicative, clear, and being like you said. It's like uh, being a good citizen within the organization. So I think what you just shared can apply to many people across different industries beyond uh, the legal profession as well.
1: So thank you. Yeah. For
0: well, you're welcome.
1: I also, for me, it is, I don't want to say it's, it's a value because after like around your sixth or seventh year at a law firm, things may be different in-house, the number of women drop considerably. It's a really hard profession for women to juggle home, family, life, or if you have another passion, like, you know, if you're a creative person and you have a, like, let's say a music career, or you want to write, or you want to open a restaurant, you, you can't do both at a law firm. It is uh, your spouse and your job <laughs> in many occasion, on many occasions. So it's a hard job to have, whether you're a man or a woman, it's just a hard job, uh, a demanding job. I think Abraham Lincoln said law is a demanding mistress, um, meaning it demands all of your time. Mm. And that's hard for people. And we see many women drop out around the sixth or seventh year because of perhaps family, um, family, uh, raising a family, or it's just a hard job. And people want to explore other things to do that are not so demanding of time. So I try to do everything I can to keep my fellow female lawyers in the profession, and it might mean accommodating a childcare schedule. Um, It might mean like, you know, now of course, post pandemic, my firm is still largely remote. I mean, we call ourselves hybrid. People are only in the office maybe once a week. I don't know, I, it's too early to tell if that is something that will retain pe- people. Um, I don't know, I have mixed feelings about how good that is. I think a, a one day is too little. I mm-hmm. think five or four days is too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anything that helps to keep women feeling encouraged and invested in being a lawyer I am happy to explore.
0: Love it. Love it. And I have also heard from many of my clients that work-life balance is so important. What you just shared, you know, the the, the female cliff, that's something that we also see in the tech field. We also mm. see it in the medical field, right? So it it's not just law, um, it's sort of um, universal where it's a demanding job. Right. It takes yep. all of your focus. Sometimes you have to long, work long hours. And I think the greater flexibility the employer can offer, like hybrid or remote work option, it, it definitely helps. Because yeah. all of my women clients, I mean, I coach only women and they all tell me that's really important that they can work remotely or in a hybrid way. So, yeah, I appreciate you. I appreciate you taking the lead, Um, you know, not just advocating for fair pay, but helping ho- to pave a better way for more women to enter the leadership. Thank you. I appreciate you, too. I learned
1: so much from you over time. And some of my best lessons come from words of wisdom from you.
0: Oh, I really appreciate that. This is a It's really true. It's really true. (laughs) Thank you. Well, where can folks go to learn more about you, about the work that you're doing at the law firm and the legal profession? Uh, Can they follow you on LinkedIn? Yes,
1: um, it's under Carla Variale Barker. That's my handle on LinkedIn. And my firm, Siegel McCambridge, is very easy to find. It is the letter S, the let as in Sam, the letter M as in Mary, S is in Sam, M is in Mary dot com. So it's just Smsm.com. And you will see me. And there's even a video about our Forward Together program uh, that is geared towards women in the legal profession.
0: Yes. Amazing. They're a great organization. And um, is there anything else that I haven't yet asked that you want to make sure people who are listening to this podcast do know?
1: Well, I think we covered most of what I would consider my, my values, but I'll just share a piece of advice. It's evaluation season. So a piece of advice I have for anyone uh, in the workplace is if you can't advocate and speak up on your own behalf, who can start with yourself? You know, your work and your abilities and what you've produced better than anyone. So let's start there. With being able to have a team of advocates for you, because from there you can build out to a supervisor, a manager, a partner, etc. But it starts with you. You can't skip that.
0: Love it, love it. And for anyone who is struggling with that or feels like, oh, too, too much anxiety comes up. Here's a mental hack that I have used. Ask yourself, what would someone like Carla do? Yeah. Or <laughs> what might Jamie say? Right, it's called modeling. Right. So yeah. ask yourself, what might Carla say, or what might Jamie say? Right. And and uh, you can internalize uh, the people, or other women, or other people who really inspire you in terms of how outspoken or articulate they are. And then and then just try to mimic that in your in your own mind. What are your thoughts? Have you tried anything like that, Carla? I do go back to uh, my
1: mentor yeah. and say, like, what would what would Stanley say about this? I mean, even yeah. to this day, that shows you the power. He was not just a mentor. He was also a sponsor. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was very involved in getting me elected as partner at, at my first firm. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is the power of good mm-hmm. mentorship, because to this day, I will say to myself, what would Stanley say about this? or how would Stanley think that I handled this?
0: It's a good, it's a good check. Beautiful, beautiful. And when you've received great mentorship, support, sponsorship, then you can go and give it forward as you are doing, Carla. So again, thank you so much for your valuable time and your really valuable lessons and story. I appreciate you and I'll see you soon.
1: Yes, you will. And I appreciate you. Thank you for the lessons you have taught me and the support you have given me. I am thrilled to spend time with you. So thank you.
0: As an executive coach for women, I'm super passionate about helping smart women who hate office politics get promoted and better paid. I do this through my unique combination of number one, self-directed neuroplasticity tools backed by science Number two, negotiation strategies proven to work for women by academic research. And number three, intersectional feminist lens that honors women's lived experiences. To learn more about my one-on-one coaching series and to book your free hour-long consultation with me, come on over to jamieleecoach.com apply. It's jamieleecoach.com slash apply. J-A-M-I-E. L-E-E-C-O-A-C-H dot com slash apply. Talk soon.